0: Welcome, everyone, to Revved Up for Sunday. We are the clergy of St. Mark's Episcopal Church in New Canaan, Connecticut. I'm Elizabeth Garnsey.
1: I'm Justin Crisp. And I'm Peter Walsh.
0: Welcome to year A in our three-year lectionary cycle. We've had year A, B, and C. Uh, this is We're back to year A, and it starts on Advent 1. It's the first Sunday in the church calendar year, and we turn to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew is a powerful gospel. We've just left Luke. And uh, today we we come to the end of the world as we know it. Matthew twenty four, thirty six to forty four. Jesus said to the disciples.
2: It's the end of the world and the beginning of the church here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for better or worse, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I mean, what a Mm -hmm. wild juxtaposition of of images Mm -hmm. um, and uh, ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is a wild juxtaposition of uh, ideas here. Uh, We were discussing last week about um, how God can be—I was discussing last week how God could— be revealed under god's opposite um god could work in the words of martin Luther, subcontrario um and we were you know talking about the fact that god wins by losing god um i you know god's uh, kingship god's sovereignty is revealed in the king who's on the cross the one who's being executed as um as a criminal even though they're innocent and so on i um <laughs> That's the way this passage feels a little bit to me because it's like the coming of God into the world is going to be like a flood, and it's going to be like a thief breaking into your house. Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I understand that Jesus is using this language um, in, and he's participating in an apocalyptic genre, um, and that the language here is not necessarily one to one. You know, this is how it's going to work. God is going to come like a thief in the night, et cetera. I take it. That Jesus is trying to commend some kind of vigilance, right? Um, vigilance in waiting for God. Vigilance coming. Yeah, you know, we, we the word vigil is is actually contained within vigilance. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're to be uh, holding a kind of vigil, waiting for the coming of God into our lives, um, but. I do have to say, the imagery on the face of it just stresses me out. I'm like, uh-oh, did I check the box to make sure I got flood insurance in addition to, um, you know, in addition to my um, uh, renter's insurance policy or whatever, <laughs> um, uh, you know, or um, I, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, and I'm like, uh-oh, did I lock the doors? I mean, I've kind of have that feeling where you know you drive away uh, from your house and you're like, did I shut the garage door or not? And I don't have one of those fancy garage doors where I can like shut it on my phone or something like that. Um, I'm just, uh, you know, so your your mind is like over and over and over. Oh my gosh, did I shut the garage door? 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 And I'm like, really? That's what you? That's how you want us to feel? Jesus, are you serious? I know that's not what he's saying. It can't be what he's saying, but it does. I think he does mean to startle us a little bit.
1: Yeah, okay. I mean, yikes. I here, we've got we've got three different issues here, right? I mean, three different time time venues, right? We've got Jesus talking to his people. We've got Matthew's people, Matthew talking to his people through Jesus. And then we've got uh Jesus and Matthew talking to us in our time. And uh and and then we get it plunked down into the context of the beginning of our year. Mm-hmm. And we made a podcast a year ago. You were, uh, you, you spoke about some of this, Justin, apocalyptic language. You took a class in apocalyptic language, religious apocalyptic language. I, I just find the whole thing difficult. Frankly, um, I find, I find beginning the church year with the second coming, uh, to be, you know, a little odd, um, but there are books that are written with the end, and then you go back and you get the rest of it, right? There are there, mm. that's a that's a mm. that is a way of literature, which is you write the you write the final chapter, you put it first, and then then you the rest of the book is the unfolding of how that comes about. I think there's a little bit of that in the way that this is plunked down as our first Sunday in the church year. Mm-hmm. The second is it's about the coming of the Son of Man, right? And so now we're preparing for the coming of the Son of Man in 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 two contexts to to relive his coming. Uh, Two thousand years ago, and to, to prepare for its coming in our in our in our hearts, uh, and and then you know back to what you're you're often bringing us to. What's the context of the gospel written in the context of the uh, of the people who would have heard it originally? And Matthew, who was undoubtedly a rabbi, is telling his people to stay awake. You know, not just because his preaching is long and perhaps not <laughs> gripping, but he's telling them to, you know this this is this is the message. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. stay awake, stay awake, stay awake, mm-hmm. um, and. And, um, and and so, I don't know. You know, I'll tell you what I like about this. Here's what I like. That no one knows. I just love it when nobody knows. Not even the angels. I mean, I think the Not first, even the
0: Son of Man. Not, not even, even the Son, Son of
1: <laughs> <Man>. Nobody <laughs> knows. That's my favorite part of the whole thing is like, man, nobody knows. There mm-hmm. we go. You know, the angels don't know and Son of Man doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, there are two things in this this passage in our you know place where it is in our lectionary and at in at this place in the season of the year and um, one is I think the advent theme is prepare you know prepare ye the way and be awake and be ready and it's a season of anticipation hopeful happy anticipation it's not fearsome anticipation I think that's worth saying that mm. this isn't a time to fear it's a time to wait expectantly for and you know have have your house ready for this glorious feast and guest and joyful time Um, but it comes off as so foreboding and and ominous uh in this language but um and a part of that i think is attributable to western christianity and the tradition of you know rapture and all that stuff that's Mm. may or may not be in the bible Mm. (laughs) Um, but also, the context of Matthew; these were a people in distress in the Matthewan Myth- community. They they had lost their temple. They I think I think this was written in Syria or, in, or somewhere near somewhere in Turkey. Um, and and the themes of Matthew are um, that you know everything every important things happen up on a high place on the mountaintops, and in a way, it's the metaphor of the temple mount and how that's been destroyed, and Jesus will come to the temple of your heart you know and for us to look for our inner mountaintop with Jesus and so as we go through this gospel i think this year we're going to find a lot of mountaintop experiences that mm-hmm, point towards sure. the inner mountain so the people in the mathean community have or you know exiled community completely unmoored, having lost their temple. They're, they're Jewish followers of G- the Jesus way. And as you mentioned, you know, maybe Matthew, the writer, was a rabbi, but it certainly is a recasting, or it's patterned upon the Torah. Mm-hmm. And Matthew has these you know five um, sort of sections. And um, so there, there are a lot of themes that are very appropriate to a Jewish understanding of, of God. But through the light of Jesus having come, through the lens of Jesus as Messiah, mm. so it's it's like a lot of re uh, reinterpretation of of the is the Jewish scriptures and the fulfillment of them in Jesus. Um, that's just some background, but mm-hmm. and not very clear. <laughs> but it'll it'll unfold as we go, I think. But so we, we start with this passage for Advent one, I think, because. Um, we prepare at christmas time again every year we renew our expectation that god is coming to us and what my understanding is is god comes to us at unexpected times in unexpected ways at unexpected hours you know if we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear we're prepared we're going to see it and we can participate in the kingdom of god you know if we're if we're like the people. In the days of the flood, you know, going about our business completely ignoring the signs of things to come or the warnings or the. I mean, there's so much application of this passage to our time today that we live in, and probably every time. There's no worse or better time in history to be alive looking for God to come. But we have our issues and our contexts, and I think the teaching of Jesus is. Throughout this, the gospel is to stay awake, to prepare, and to follow this passage. There are examples of, you know, what it looks like to be ready, um, which we don't get today. But I think it's important just to say that it's it's something wonderful we're supposed to be looking for, expecting, not something ominous and fear, fearsome.
2: Mm. Okay. So the two of you have really helped me out here. Uh, it really? was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very, you know, so, so I was reading this and I'm in the, I'm in the anxious place where I'm either, you know, in my, in my bed as a teenager, um, worried about whether or not I was going to be left behind during the mm-hmm. rapture. And just to, um, mm-hmm. uh, it is, which is a whole lot worse than the anxiety that you have about whether you close the garage door or not. Um, for those, for those of you following along at home who did mm-hmm. not grow up with belief about the rapture, um, let me just say that if you want to Google something or Wikipedia it, you can Google premillennial, that's one word, dispensationalism, that's also one word. This is the fancy scholarly term for this theory about the end of the world. Um, basically, is that Jesus will come and he will rapture up, rapture, it seems, I mean, this was depicted in this book series called Left Behind, mm-hmm. um, and in Left Behind, people were sucked out of their clothes, and they met Jesus in the sky, and um, and then he ushered, he whisked them away to heaven, um, these true believers, and then left everybody else, and the reason why it's pre-millennial is because there's a period of tribulation that takes place, um, between the rapture and the real second coming where Jesus is going to come back like the Terminator and, you know, judge the world and separate the sheep from the goats and all that kind of thing. And and you want to make sure the goal is that you were in the first coming, you were in the group that were raptured in the first coming so that you could get sucked out of your clothes. I'm making light of it just a little bit in the getting sucked out of your clothes thing um, only because it, uh, I, I have to laugh at it a little bit because mm-hmm. um, it was an incredibly terrifying idea for me as a kid. I'd grown up in the church, and I, was, I would literally lie in bed at night. Talk about keeping awake. I couldn't go to sleep because I would, I would mm-hmm. listen to hear whether or not my dad was snoring down the hallway because my dad's a very loud snore. Hi, dad. Uh, and I, would, I, I <laughs> knew that dad. if, if he was snoring down that. the hallway. But we won't tell anyone. Yeah, thanks. If, if, he, yeah, uh, if, he was, if I could still hear him snoring, it meant he was still here. And it meant that the rapture hadn't taken oh, place, in that while it breaks my heart, I know, I know. Well, here's Gosh. the thing: when I when I brought this to my parents, my dad said, "You know what doesn't occur in the Bible? The word rapture." He said, "Search for it," Love and so dad. I did, and I and that it wasn't there, and mm-hmm. that set me on a different path, right? And I'll just say. Uh, This passage from Matthew 24 is one which is used by um, by theologians who like this theory of the rapture Mm -hmm. as an example, right? So you've got, then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. And this is this is the inspiration behind Left Behind, the mm-hmm. title of this book series. Mm-hmm. And so you want to be the one who's taken, right? So you're taken up with Jesus uh, in the rapture, you don't want to be the one who's left. That's the way they read this passage. That's the wrong way to read this passage. Mm-hmm. The passage is using the metaphor of the flood. Mm-hmm. It says, They knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. The so too will be the coming of the Son of Man. So, the person who's on the losing side here is the one who's swept away. It's the one who's taken.
0: Wow, that's you great actually good.
2: want to be left in Jesus's story mm-hmm. in Jesus' telling of Matthew twenty-four. You want to be the one who's left behind <laughs> instead of the one who's swept away by the flood. <laughs> so anyway, this is an example of how the rapture theorists yeah. twist the scriptures in order to fit their particular theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and my dad was my dad was right both. Literally, there is no word rapture in the Bible, and the deeper meaning that he was trying to get across is, mm-hmm. d- d- dude, this, 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 um, this theory is not actually the story of the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's not actually the story of the Bible.
0: Wow, God bless your dad. I know. It's very fear-mongering kind of theory, and um, there's a great book, if anyone's interested in reading more about the kind of dispelling of the, that idea, is by Barbara Rossing, uh, yeah. called The Rapture Exposed. It's a brilliant book and really kind of gets behind some of what's how this theory came about and yeah. what what the Bible really might say. So that's so helpful. Wow, I that's love your dad. As well as Shocking! The whole thing yeah. is
1: completely shocking to me. I think yeah. your two stories are shocking. I'm shocked. All this the is time. where you
2: think we grew up on another religious planet, right? yeah, another
1: yeah. planet. I mean, I don't think I knew what the rapture ever heard the word rapture until I was in seminary I, when the pre-millennial something or other is dispensationalism. dispensationalism. I still can't get it out. I, I had no idea what that was. I, I got a book that had to summarize all these mm-hmm. points of view so I could pass the test, which I probably didn't do so well on. But anyway, I mean, I, the whole thing is completely foreign to me. Uh, I and mean, then I learned about where they came from in Princeton Seminary in 1920 and all that stuff. But I had never heard of such a thing, never, have it, never mind have it part of my religious formation. I do know that it, it is super uber distorted, Uh, in many many people's lives when I was living in Arizona there was a front page story that was shocking about um, about oh this is when the uh, VW bug had come back Mm -hmm. this woman we were driving down the highway and and I don't know if she was listening to the radio or something or the sunshine came out or something or she saw something in the sky and she thought it was the rapture, and she climbed out the top of her car, and she leapt up off while the while her husband was driving and leapt up and and, and died on oh uh, as she landed goodness. on the highway. Oh. And they interviewed her husband, and he said, well, she thought it was the rapture.
0: Well, Peter, that is an incredible story. I can't believe that. I mean, but it does speak to how many people really are um, pr- prone to... Uh, or to be drawn to fear. I think that fear is a very powerful force and it's sort of the antichrist force that, um, anything that's going to manipulate people based on their fear and keep them locked in that place. And, you know, depending on some, um, destructive thing to put an end to everything. I don't think there's anything of, of God in that. I I have to just say that plainly. Mm. And, um, you know, we have to be reminded too that Matthew is the gospel where Jesus gives the Sermon on the Mount, and and the th- great theme of that is: do not be afraid, do not worry. You know, the Lord knows the number of hairs on your head. He clothes the lilies of the field, and um, how much more will Jesus or will will God uh, clothe you and take care of you? And tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. You know, it's it's a very pacifying, um, peaceful message that Jesus gives but it doesn't exclude the need for us to keep awake and be ready to for opportunities to recognize God in our midst and um, to participate in the kingdom of God because it's that's the other message in Matthew is the kingdom of God is is very near it is here it is like you move in you know and i think one of the reasons we begin advent every year with a sort of apocalyptic passage passage is that was the message of John the Baptist, you Mm -hmm. know, repent, repent the way the one is coming who's greater than I. And, um, so, you know, it sets us up to hear the voice of John the Baptist in Advent too. And it's, it's sort of the, the peak behind the curtain of what's coming, you know? Um, and it sets us up to wake up and have our, you know, kick off our season with simplifying our lives and clearing away the distractions and the things in our way that might block us from recognizing God coming into the world.
2: Mm. I think that's exactly right. I don't think that the vigilance which Jesus is commending here has anything to do with that anxious fear that I felt when I was lying in my bed worrying about whether I was going to be left behind. I don't think it was fear. Um, I don't think this vigilance is fear. Um, I completely agree with you. The Sermon on the Mount, you're right. The message is don't be afraid. Um, The message of... um, Oh, there's, a, there's this line in the first epistle of John, perfect love casts out fear. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think that that's Jesus' watchword here. I think he's talking about um, this vigilance that he's committing, this keeping awake. It's about being ready. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing about—the the reason why he appeals to the flood image and to the thief image is that these are two things that people were unprepared for, right? Mm-hmm. And he's trying to commend preparation. I don't think he's— I, I said I started at the beginning to say I think he does mean to startle us and he probably does mean to For startle sure. us a little bit, right? For sure. But it's to startle us into preparation and vigilance to God, not hyper vigilance to just anything at all. I mean, hypervigilance is another name for an anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're hyper, that's what anxiety is. It's hyper, hyper, hyper vigilance. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't actually live that way. It's not actually healthy. Vigilance to God, I think, is being, is preparing oneself for the coming of God into your life and into our world, which I think is happening all of the time. Um, the Catholic theologian Hans Urs von Balthasar says that God's presence in the world has the form of advent. That is to say, God's presence in the world is not static and unchanging, as though um, God is already here all of the time in exactly the same quality and quantity. It's rather that God is here, but there's always more of God to be had, and always more of God to come. Mm-hmm. And so, our preparation, I think, is in always in the spirit of that really incredibly ancient prayer of Christians: "Come, Lord Jesus, come, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus." Um, and I, I think that is one of the ways that I'm, I'm trying to um, think about the spirit of this Advent, right? To, um, to pray, "Come, Lord Jesus," into whatever part of my life I need a little bit more of Him, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and who among us? Doesn't need just a little bit more Jesus um, this year, every year, and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, speaking, Maranatha, out loud, Peter, I have to think of you and the way that this prayer is very important to you. Um, and I uh, wonder if you, if you could share a word with the podcast at home about what the prayer means to you and what the prayer means to our congregation.
1: Yeah, I'll be very. I'll try to be very brief and not take three or four hours on that. Um, Maranatha is the, the last prayer uh, in the New Testament, uh, the last uh, come, come Lord. Uh, it is Aramaic for come Lord. It's, uh, Jesus spoke uh, uh, Aramaic. And, and the prayer is the ancient mantra of the people who lived in the desert, the Desert Fathers. It comes to us through John Cashin. Uh, and uh, it's a mantra to be spoken over and over and over that brings God's presence uh, it's particularly um, helpful to people, uh, I found out uh, as I came and taught it to the people of the parish, I've heard over and over and over people when they were in crisis went to Maranatha, people who were in the hospital went to Maranatha when they couldn't say their prayers, they could say this one word. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm like a whole host of people in the world who are completely dedicated to this word. I started today with this word. I pray at the length of my backbone every morning before I get out of bed. Uh, and it is it is, it is a great comfort. It's a great presence of God. Uh, and when you meditate, you just keep coming back to that one word, uh, Maranatha. And, uh, much to say, but... Um, It is. It's the Maranatha season. Mm. It is the Maranatha season.
0: Yeah, that's one of the great gifts of our church, I think, are these seasons that focus our attention on one aspect of the Christian practice in life. And one is to to stay steady in prayer and be expectant. Mm. And I think that's one of our focuses of Advent is to be be present and awake and aware and looking and Mm. expecting hope to arrive. And it will. And, you know, there's a little Advent in every day throughout the year, but I love these seasons that, that really, you know, extra focus our, our attention in this way. And that's what gives us practices to carry throughout the year. So it's not over when Advent's over. Mm-hmm. It's not over when Christmas comes, but, you know, we continue to keep awake. So, wow, thank you so much for this incredible conversation. Uh, thank you for watching, and we wish you a blessed and peaceful Advent of hope and expectation, and we'll see you in church so